0: To get
1: get just a little bit.
0: Actually, let me
2: go turn off the air conditioner. No, the air conditioner's not going to turn on. (laughs) It was like like 30 this morning. Oh, shit. It, It read 31 for my entire drive to work. So I'm surprised it's even this morning. I figured you just open a window. Oh, I turned it up to seventy when I thought the kids were coming. Oh, thank you. Also do that for me. I also don't want to. Don't want it to be forty degrees in here if I'm coming to record. Okay. I was like, oh man, the kids are gonna be here at some point. I'll turn it back up to seventy. If you
0: go below seventy and I'm not like sleeping, I'm like SpongeBob from the episode where they all get sick. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking my nose drippings and shit. Yeah, that's how I will be. Man, I
2: keep it at sixty-seven to sixty-nine. I at can all do times. that if
0: I'm bundled. If I, like I'm not like here visiting with you. If I was at my home, if I was bundled up, I was playing Final Fantasy IX. I'm in the basement. It's like 50 degrees. This is what I <laughs> wear. Exactly. Yeah. I put my hat on. I bundle up. Yeah, but you
2: bundle up. This is literally like my normal wear. <laughs> yes, but you're it's a f- fucking werewolf, so I don't create Hello! that stuff. <laughs> all right. That's why ready? I don't have any family silver. It's all family crystal. <laughs> That's actually true.
0: Okay. <laughs> and I, I I do have a gun. <laughs> alright, so thank you internet and welcome to the Pitch for Pitch podcast, the only podcast where two pitches enter and one pitch leaves, the podcast where we take two pitches and we battle it out until you come up with better ideas and then we just use those instead. So the general idea of the Pitch for Pitch podcast, if you've never listened before, for the uninitiated, is we take your crazy pop culture ideas and we pitch them and make it sound like we came up with them. That's that's really the gist of it, right? Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) So you pick something crazy like, you know, Pokemon if it was a gritty noir story and we go, Okay, yeah, we can make that good. (laughs) This this is how we would actually pitch this. Oh, thank you for
2: admitting that was good.
0: (laughs) It was okay, okay? Don't don't get your (laughs) hopes up, okay? The the ballots are not in for who won last month. If you're a Patreon subscriber, know that you can vote on who is better. Obviously, it's me, but John might have a chance. I pay better. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're wondering who I am I am, the best part of waking up, Terry Smith in your cup. Why are you in a cup? Well, you are a tiny man. I am a very small man. <laughs> you, I could would li- fit you could a live of- in a cup, I guess. And with me, as always, is the third man to walk on the moon, Jonathan Oprah. That was me. <laughs> no one remembers him. But no. You know. <laughs> but you see, that,
2: you see that third footprint? <laughs> you know that I don't movie even- that no, came out are- this year? First man? You're going to be third <laughs> I'm man. I'm third man. <laughs> How many footprints were left on the moon? <laughs> There's there's the iconic one, but then he had to have gotten back, so there have to be several. I can tell
0: you every issue of the well, Clone Saga of Spider-Man. I can give you the synopses as it goes. You're Is used... that helpful? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that what we're looking for here?
2: How many how many footprints are on the moons of Endor?
0: <laughs> the moons of Endor, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Many footsteps, <laughs> Many little ones. Many
2: teeny tiny foot. Do they all combine into one footprint?
0: <laughs> that's why. That's where Bigfoot comes from. <laughs> it's just a. Bunch. It's several Ewoks on <laughs> each other's shoulders. Three Ewoks in a trench Ewoks coat. <laughs> So this week we want to talk about cartoon pitches. So we took all the crazy cartoon pitches. A lot of Disney. I was I was like surprised. A lot of our audience skews towards the 90s, and we got a lot of like late 80s stuff. Like a lot of people were like Disney, Disney <laughs> now. So we're gonna we're gonna pitch a lot of different cartoon stuff. But first, because it was so Disney centric, I thought we'd do our fun co op section where we take a few fun pitches and we work on them together and see if we can make them better. And I thought a fun one would be Is Disney's worst mistakes. So let's start. With John Carter of Mars. Did you see this film?
2: I have seen three films. This You've was not been, one of them. And a lot of them are bad. <laughs> so I was just like, was like maybe John really likes John
0: Carter of Mars. I was waiting for you be like, oh, that's my favorite film. <laughs> Starring the guy from Friday Night Lights, the guy who played Gambit in the X Men Origins. Oh, no, no, no. I,
2: I know who was in it. And I almost saw it. I just happened to not see
0: it. (laughs) You know what? Normally, I give you card for that. I had tickets to go see John Carter on Mars. (laughs) And I didn't go see it because it was bad. I didn't go see it because the girl I was dating at the time was like, Do we need to see John Carter on Mars? I was like, If you want to stay home, we can stay home.
2: See, I think I was planning on seeing it with one of my friends, but then she went and saw it on a date. (laughs) (laughs) That says so much about me and you, like without saying anything. Pretty much a perfect synopsis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So John Carter of Mars, you know, normal everyday dude gets transported to Mars, gets put into a civil war against the two different factions of Martians. Pretty simple story. It's one of the oldest sci-fi stories that period, right? Yeah. Period, exactly. well, I guess not. I was going to say period. Like, there are some weird cave drawings that we'll get into. Is,
2: I mean, sci-fi is as old as Mary
0: Shelley. Well, if you've ever seen Ancient Aliens, it goes way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mary, like, I actually had a conversation about Mary Shelley earlier today. Some people were talking about classics. This this girl I worked with, she was like, I really like The Great Gatsby. Shout out to Haley if you're listening. And I was like, what other classics? She was like, well, I don't know. I didn't really read a lot of them. I missed a lot of that in high school. And I was like, you had to have read something, you know, I'm referencing on like, Grapes of Wrath or Tale of Two Cities. She was like, well, I did read, like, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, but I wouldn't count that. I was like, what? That is the best classic. You talk about that one right now. <laughs> that is the progenitor of sci-fi. Sci-fi basically. horror. Yeah, that's true, yeah. You know, like, she's just, she's the best. Like, that, that story she's a, is amazing. she was
2: a badass.
0: <laughs> badass? Like, <laughs> When you think of Mary Shelley, just the idea—she's like, "Oh, you guys are writing that? I got something for that. Just listen, right. I'll do that better than anyone has ever done it." Because I think that's where the story started, was someone was talking about Bram Stokers, and yeah. it was like, "Bram, what? Bram Stokers? There you go, <laughs> Bram Stokers." Because this is my point—is it sucks? It's it very sucks. not great. What is the style of writing when it's all like journal entries or letters? I don't, there, there is uh, a yeah, style, I, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's, that's how, if you haven't read Dracula, yeah. that's how it's written, and it's awful, <laughs> I, I feel bad, a lot of people love it, it is a classic, it's not one of my classics, <laughs> it is just an old story that has been done, told way better in different ways, and not the film, <laughs> not the film, one although it didn't have any films, yeah, even though it did have Jim Gordon and Keanu Reeves in it, so like, those are two really cool things, but <laughs> not, not great,
2: do you remember and, Jim Gordon's name? We went over this, like...
0: Literally, like, two, the last yeah. episode? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's Gary Oldman.
0: That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next guess. <laughs> Listen, he was in Fifth Element. That's what I remember him from. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so... John Carter of Mars. Anyways, John Carter of Mars. Progenitor of things like Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. You know? And they're, so they're, exactly. Therefore, you know, progenitor to Star Wars, to Star Trek. A lot of high sci fi comes from John Carter of Mars. So how could Disney mess it up, right? And then they did it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, like that. <laughs> you know, and like a lot of people like give that movie crap about like the visuals. There are some stunning shots. I actually have seen the film. There are some stunning shots in that film where like they do this, like the, the scope of Mars. So what? made it a miss well you had one actor in it and then you had a lot of other actors who just got put into cg roles and they weren't good they weren't well written the effects of a lot of the monsters while there were some good shots a lot of it was just bad
2: so would the script have saved it if you could change either the script or the cg which one would you change to make (laughs) a good movie
0: the thing you can't say change the script because the script could have been amazing the script could be terrible. A script doesn't make a movie.
2: The actual...
0: What ended up on movie, the screen. What ended yeah, up like, on the screen. Yeah, I think you would have to change the, that. The cut. Yeah, the cut. Like, the direction for yeah. it is why, what you'd have to change. The problem is, with that's a CG-heavy thing, you can't do one or the other because they work so far in tandem because no, you have to be... If you
2: had the same quality
0: CG. Yeah, yeah, not, no. That's, no, you could, you could make that Avatar-esque, like, like, like super high quality, and it would still be a bad movie. Okay. And that's the thing, yeah. The writing So. Itself, so the yeah. direction is the thing. Yeah, yeah. That movie was put out on this gigantic budget, and it's like, what did they spend it on? Is, the, is like the question. You know what I mean? Like, Sand. And it's you know it's a public domain property. Yeah. Like all not, it didn't get the rights. to John Carter and Mars. You know what I mean? That it cost yeah. them a lot of money to get. Yeah. So I I don't know. They really messed it up. So my pitch to you is, how do we pitch it better? How do we make this a good? Property. I think I think
2: we already got it. We it's the direction. Yeah.
0: So do you make it a film?
2: I th- I from what I know of the story, which it's is a very short little, story. It's not. Yeah. It's not long. I th- you know, think you make it. I think you Mars. make it a ninety minute, ninety, hundred minute movie.
0: I think so. Like essentially, think Last Starfighter, where it's like you know you are the chosen one. You help save us. Yeah. That is that's John Carter, and it didn't have a lot of the misses. There were some good things. I think you pick a, a better known actor. Because uh, the guy that cast, he, he was good. He was in Friday Night Lights. You know, he was a rising star. But it was similar to the trouble you run into with, like, Jai Courtney or some of the people who were in Avatar. You had these people who were like, they're rising stars. And then they're in these lackluster roles where it's like Mm -hmm. they are the main character but they don't have a lot to do yeah john john carter is like a really early like element of like mary sue and so he's just good at stuff yeah why is he extraordinary he's just a guy from earth yeah you know um you add in some superpowers and things work differently on mars and you have the hero of the tale um i think you get someone really really cool and you make it more tarzan-esque where you, you don't you get an everyman you get someone who's just transported into this strange thing where his abilities, cause that's a lot of people forget that about Tarzan is they think the movie Tarzan, you know, the Disney one where it's like, okay, it's just him in the, the, the woods, a lot of the, what was the name of his family? It was like Greystone or something like that. Um, do you remember the? Name? I don't
2: remember their names.
0: the names. A lot of Tarzan stories aren't even in the jungle. It's when right. he goes home to England. Yeah, and so and then you transpose his abilities from being there and the PTSD of it all. Yeah. So you use that of a story. You you lean into the elements. Okay, he's transported to Mars. He has no way to get home. He needs to help the civil war. You paint both sides as good. You you pull a little bit of the DC Martian elements that they've done with like Martian Manhunter, where there's a civil war, who's good, who's bad. You know, is it the white Martians? Is it the, I don't, I don't remember what it was, John Carter. It's just, they're both bluish yeah. <laughs> Martians. And you set that up where where he stops being one side's trump card and becomes more of a peacekeeper. And you show the different elements. You still make one, one side uh, militaristic and one side philosophical. But you show why both of those are evil. Yeah. And you, why both of those are good. Yeah. You don't lean so heavily into, these are the bad guys, you know, yeah. like, they did that a little bit where it's like that that's the Nazis of Mars. So so
2: it almost sounds like you make it more character centric. Yeah. You you focus in on a small cast and make the audience care about both sides. Yeah. For very different reasons. You you humanize both sides of the Civil War. I think maybe
0: you go a little bit more Battlestar Galacta Galactica esque, you know, where like the silence are the bad guys. Silence are bad we did cause them, yeah. you know? And okay. while you don't have that same element in Mars, but, like, you can you can sympathize a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, like, again, silence might be so, a bad... So there
2: is still a bad side and a good side, but, yeah. like, the good side did make the bad side the bad exactly.
0: side. Exactly, yeah. And I think you'd have fun elements if you do have him recruited by the good side, the one where you would be easy to empathize with because so often it's like, oh, I was brought in here, and then the twist is, oh, these are actually the bad guys. I need to go find the other ones. That's been done before. Um, You have him brought, he's going to be a trump card, and it turns out maybe he's not that good. You know, maybe, you know, he's the chosen one, and he has those abilities, but really it's not the abilities that would help you win a war because people forget, like, winning a war, you either have a doomsday device or you find peace. Like, otherwise, both sides lose in war
2: pretty much yeah
0: there there is no winner really so it's just who's less dead who's less dead exactly so finding some sort of peaceful resolution at the end might be interesting or you do it as a you turn it full on war movie and you he shows up and he fights for one side and it just goes all to hell i think you do have to lean in like you said the character centric elements of like i'm now on a new planet i am stranded because, like, that was another issue. He just jumped into the fun of the movie, and it's it was an hour twenty minutes long. It's Disney. Yeah. It was going to be a fun. It was supposed to be an adventure film. Yeah, and that's so is John Carter of Mars. But I think you can add a little bit of pathos to it. Yeah, you know, and show him having a hard time adjusting. Yeah, especially with like how. Why would you save the society that says you can't go home? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, that's enough to make me want to flip flop yeah. sides right there. Yeah. Um. And I don't know if it necessarily has to be John Carter of Mars. You know, you can do anything with with that property. You know? Dan Carter, Dan of right? Mars. <laughs> right. Um, you can add other elements. Have other people come with him.
2: Oh, what's her name? Uh, Peggy Carter of Mars. Oh <laughs> my goodness! It's all owned by Disney, You've right? You cracked the code,
0: <laughs> Peggy Carter of Mars also I don't think you pull a contemporary person. I think you you know you you use that to do some sort of '60s element. Maybe he's a deserter from Vietnam. I um, think you know yeah. Yeah, he's a draft dodger. Yeah. You know he's on his way to Canada and boom. See, and I thought you were going even further back. I thought you were going to say somebody like from the trenches in World War II. <sighs> that World so War that I. would be good, but then I think that takes away from the, well, it doesn't take away from every man because every man did have to go. Um, but you do have that experience then with war and you've you've seen it and whereas and i think i mean maybe maybe it's not out of the trenches it's somebody
2: who hated being in war but was good at, good it. at it yeah because that's that's a whole different kind
0: of terror at war is having been good at it true but that's been that's become such a trope with so many like modern stories where it's like no, no you don't brutal. know you weren't there yeah I, and, I don't
2: think you go into the you don't know you weren't there because he's in another war, so people were there. He wasn't there for their true. but stuff. I mean, that's the type but of the, war veteran. Yeah, but you know? but the I was good at what I did, and that was bad, is kind of a, a thing that has happened frequently. Yeah, I mean, that's Wolverine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you know, and that's, that's that is not the only version of that character. But think Rambo up, up to the know? point where I haven't seen any since. That's Jethro Gibbs.
0: Jethro Gibbs, like that's the, that's the Rambo character yeah. that is. I've seen it, and I've had a hard time adjusting back to society. Well, it could be good. I think you can you leave that open in a sequel where he comes back and he's different. Now he has to go back to Mars. You know, you got to go back to the island lost style. We have to go back. The reason why I went draft dodger is you have that whole element of him accepting that maybe maybe war on Earth. Like a lot of the people who dodged the draft weren't just like I don't want to go to war. I'm afraid of it. Is they thought it was wrong. Yeah, they they were active. You know,
2: straight up. I disagree with this.
0: Exactly. And I think but yeah, I think you could add a little bit of cowardice in there, but you, both like they fundamentally disagree and they were afraid and then forcing them into a whole different kind of conflict. I might, yeah. I think you could get some really interesting characteristics out of there, you know. And maybe a group like I said, like you could have like a group of hippies if you will trying what to go and they all go. What if we are They John were Carter. vehicles that transformed. <laughs> Well, not when they're not on Earth.
2: <laughs> I still maintain that it makes no sense why they would need to transform on not uh, Earth to blend in with Listen, nothing. Listen, take it
0: from the moist maker, John. Oh, okay? God. Not this again. Transformers do what they will because they transform. Transformers be transforming. You know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> I wish I didn't. <laughs> so I think that's where we go with John Carter. We make him a <laughs> Vietnam Trap Dodger, and <laughs> put it on Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Too long, didn't read. <laughs> we make it good. <laughs> the next one up that I had, this was one of my favorite pitches. This came really early on in the process. This came before I said, hey, let's make Pitch for Pitch a podcast. It was Elizabeth Swan from Pirates I like of the Caribbean. Oh. We follow her being the Pirate Queen. As she's elected in the third parts of Caribbean. Okay. And instead of everything resolving tie nip bow terribly like it does in At World's End, the third part's of Caribbean movie. See we just see her become Pirate Queen. Here's the,
2: here's the thing. What is to say that the synopsis in At World's End, that end scene, was not her still being the Pirate Queen.
0: Because they're made a f fifth or fourth and fifth movie where she wasn't. Oh, the did Pirate she Queen. come back
2: in one of them? Yeah, she came back in the newest oh, one. Oh, just, I didn't She's know got know that. the son though I didn't, and I didn't realize, William. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I, I only knew it up to. I've seen the fourth one. Yeah, and that but one I you don't yeah. see anybody. It's just Jack right? Power. Right. Yeah, but saying that she now has a family with Will means nothing. She could still be a pirate, pirate queen right. and have a kid. Exactly. No, that, I mean, that would be doesn't good. change anything. I think you do add that. So yeah, like, she, like so. So we just decanonize the fifth movie. Yeah, the fifth and sixth movies, okay. maybe,
0: and maybe not. I don't know. Or Fourth and fifth, which, whatever.
2: The ones that... We don't even... We, yeah.
0: we do the, the my favorite type of writing, which is like... We didn't say it wasn't canon. We're just not worrying about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that still could be canon. We're going to throw a few Easter eggs even to make sure like you know it's canon, but we're just not worrying about it. Like How does that add up? That's a plot hole. I don't care. <laughs> and the reason why we do it is we make it a comic book. So okay. we lean into those, those canon hopping tropes. Yep. And we make it a comic book, and we just call it Elizabeth Swan, Pirate Queen.
2: I don't even think you have Pirate Queen in there. I, what, you, either yeah. either just Elizabeth Swan or even just Swan.
0: No, but I want to sell the idea. This is her leaning into being the Pirate Queen as she was elected by the Order or whatever. No, no, no. They call it. I,
2: I get that, but I don't think it needs to be in the title. Yeah,
0: it does. oh yeah.
2: I, you don't read that's, comics. That's just going to be a disagreement
0: that we have. You don't move read on comics. From. It's it's not Green Lantern. It's Hal Jordan. Green Lantern. It's you know it's. It's uh, the immortal Iron Fist. You throw the whole thing. It's not just Elizabeth Swan. No one just wants to read about Elizabeth Swan, put it on a course, no, I don't, I don't and don't No, I don't
2: think Elizabeth Swan. I think Swan, or you go Elizabeth Swan, Pirate Queen.
0: Yeah, I, Elizabeth Swan, Pirate Queen, I think, because that also, you got to have the SEO of it. Elizabeth Swan, people know Elizabeth Swan, yeah. kind of. We throw on the Pirate Queen, you're like, oh, what are they doing with this? Yeah. It's not just her.
2: Swan also pulls up different results. <laughs> I'm not-
0: i think you go elizabeth swan pirate queen and the reason why i brought up immortal iron fist is there's a really good run of the iron fist comics where they talk about the legacy it's where they introduce the idea that it's not just danny Rand who is the iron fist it was matt fraction's run is my one of my favorite comic books matt of all fraction's time. run of everything is your favorite run and of matt that fraction show. is an amazing writer amazing amazing so is his wife <laughs> they they are power couple, um, but the Immortal Iron Fist run it introduced the idea of legacy that other people had the power of the Immortal yeah. Iron Fist, and one of them was a pirate queen, and she was she was had, she was this jaded lover who then like went and uh, like she was married to this fisherman and she got transported to the city like it's it's a really really good story. I don't think we initially used that. it's just like that's what inspired me for the comic book mm-hmm. idea, and also just like we can kind of explore other parts of the canon if yeah. you will. And also I just I don't think it would work as a movie at this point like no, I the pirate theme has kind of
2: Yeah, I I think it lost its luster. And I bit. think
0: I think what you have is her like you start out okay so William now is the Dutchman. He's gone. Jack Sparrow is off having his own adventure. He's gone. She still holds the t- title of the pirate queen. She is the leader of the pirates. Elizabeth Swan is not one. She she was number one bred for power. Like you know, she was yep. the, gov- the governor's daughter, so she she understands like the high she society knows how but, like it. how to how to rule. Because the thing, like, give Governor Swan a bad name, but like he keeping shit going. He was a functional going. governor. He was a functional governor, <laughs> unlike you see, like like if you were to jump into Black sales where it's like, okay, this this place <laughs> is with the going shit. on. Nothing is going well. If if there was any leadership yeah. here, whereas in, she was taught kind of how to rule, yeah. if you will, and also she was a badass pirate. Like <laughs> she's a badass she, in general. Yeah, she's a badass. Period. She was proven to be. Better with a sword than most of the other pirates in the series, like on par with Jack Sparrow and with William. And she's good at sailing. She knows how to fucking rig a ship. Yep. So we have her leading the pirates. And they've also shown that they're okay with a woman being yeah. a pirate queen. Yeah. And she already had like three ships in that film. Yep. So so she could easily lead, you know. And maybe I think what it is that I think the main gist of the story, if I had to pitch it like one sentence, it's her defending her title. Okay. So it's this green green thumb, you know, or green thumb, greenhorn woman who came out of nowhere and got elected by like proxy. What if we did
2: basically the reverse of Scott Pilgrim? So there are several challengers. To, yeah yeah exactly yeah yes yeah. so
0: that's what i mean so it's it's not like that's what i mean like so everyone's like you know what we can take it from her she she obviously she doesn't have a right to it yeah and you know because she's so green and also like she's a woman and she's from england we've never had an english leader you know yeah. you have all of those things yeah. so it's their challengers yeah and then also like her trying to consolidate power so yeah. in between you know Boat battle. She's yeah. also going to the other captains and be like, "You need to elect me again. Yeah. We need to make this more official." Yeah, because so, wasn't she just handed it by uh, um, one of the eastern leaders? Like, no, she was.
2: She was voted in. Was she voted? Yeah, in? she ended up having the the thing was. Uh, one everybody always all the pirate captains always, always vote voted for, for themselves. themselves. That's what. But it is. I think Barbosa voted for, for her also. Yeah, it was
0: some, somebody threw that yeah. in. Yeah, or
2: she act, or she had captured two of the tokens. or yeah. something. It was like something that.
0: along those lines. It was something silly. Yeah. Yes, I do remember that. So then, it's like, it's her trying to wrangle everybody to get an official vote to yeah. actually vote for her. Yeah. And part of that, so you have the challengers, people coming after her. You have her visiting like 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 Tortuga and like hitting the normal elements, and then you also have her trying to beat certain challenges that seemed impossible to garner
2: running the kessel run in 13, <laughs> 13 parsec six. 13 <laughs> rolling down
0: <laughs> have you have you watched uh solo yet no i haven't you know people give that movie a bad rap it's not amazing it's fun yeah it was a solid Is it on hour. netflix yet no i don't think okay. so i rented it solid hour like it's too long it's too long it should be shorter but but I had fun anyways I think but you have her do something like you have her hunt down some crazy MacGuffin and that can be the fun of it is you make that was the genius of Guardians of the Galaxy is they didn't shy away from it being a MacGuffin they're like this is just a MacGuffin it really doesn't matter it does in the grand scheme of cinematic universe of Marvel but for this film, which is like everyone kind of wants the thing, we're gonna put some fun around it, and I think that's what you do with this: is she's only going after the MacGuffin. It matters. There's no one. There's no life to save. The world's not ending. It's I need to get this so people will let me be the pirate queen yeah. because I deserve it, and they need a good leader. Yeah. Because and that's the that's the side I need element. to
2: give them an excuse to vote for me.
0: And that's how you lean into it, which is what what her platform essentially in the movie was: the world's getting smaller you've made this pirate council, but none of you guys work together and the East India trading company is coming for us all. That didn't go away.
2: No, (laughs) they won the one fight,
0: the one fight. Exactly. And I think that's, she was like, we need to continue to consolidate power and protect ourselves. And it's her trying to convince the pirate captains in a more permanent way to elect her.
2: So I feel like they all have a champion that they throw against her and she, you alternate between that and other quests and actual piracy to earn her. Yeah earn her respect and, and, and her title
0: and that lets you throw in more characters from the movie you know it some lets of the, you the put core. more
2: than seven there were nine pieces of eight, eight nine pieces of eight yeah. yeah so you have you have your seven other challengers plus plus other people who
0: want like you know lower wings characters we create
2: plus other stuff plus plus additional characters plus some actual piracy, some MacGuffin. Yeah, and chasing. that lets us
0: throw in some of our favorite characters from, like, you know, I'm a big fan of Black Sails and Treasure Island, so you can throw in some of those guys, you know, Long John Silver, stuff like that. But you can throw in, like, you know, I was going to say, like, real pirates. So some of those were real pirates. But you can throw in, you know, someone like Blackbeard. You can throw in some other, you know, Anne Bonnie, you know. You can throw in some more realistic pirate characters yeah. into that mix as well as some interesting like generals like they started to mess around with some of the spanish characters in the fifth part's caribbean but i think more of those Yeah. because there's so many really famous yeah. you know spanish sailors you know yeah. you i mean you could throw in well that's a little late for that you're going to say you could throw in like drake and stuff like that but no that's it's not, yeah. not the same period but you could start leaning more yeah. into some of that type there's are still plenty
2: of and it's you don't even, any any nation that had a naval full fleet has famous captains and admirals.
0: Yeah. And because we're going that far back in time, you can still hit MacGuffins that have been done before. Like, um, you know, you can mess around with Atlantis. You can mess around with the Trident. You can mess around with some of these things that even they used in the series but weren't touched on as much. And I I think it's just a a way to expand upon that world because you really don't get to see a lot of piracy in those films, sadly. Like, only once or twice do they actually board another ship. It's always another pirate vessel. And they usually just blow it up. Except
2: for when they first steal... They first steal it, yeah. The the Donalus. The Interceptor. Yeah, the Donalus and the Interceptor.
0: And that's like on... Sure, you don't see a lot of rating. That was one of the things I really liked about Black Sales. You get to see that. And with a comic book, you can go into crazy deal. One whole issue can just be them boarding a ship. Yeah. And I think you can tell a comic book also allows for you to tell our favorite type of story, which is more like the stage play, which is like you have four or five main characters. Yeah. Um,. I think you create a lot of new characters for it. I don't think you lean too heavily with cameos. You toss in a few. You know, you have your Keith Richards. You know, playing his guitar when she goes back, stuff like that, and mentions of what Jack Sparrow's doing and Barbosa and and the Dutchman, and you mention things like that. But I think for the most part, you create new characters. Yeah, I
2: think I think you do have Jack in a couple of frames. Not yeah.
0: Jack Sparrow, Jack the
2: Monkey. Yeah, Jack the Monkey. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: I was gonna say like I I think one issue is enough. It's just like with Johnny Depp being such a controversial figure, you know, basically being a shithead, um, you don't put him in there too much. Also, while he was a good character early on, he kind of jump the shark a little bit for that series. So I think you, you can lean away from it and that lets it be a little bit more of a serious part of mm-hmm. tale. Still have the action-adventure quippiness, yeah. fun sword yeah. fights that the series had. But you can tell a little bit of a, I wouldn't say darker story, but more serious, more mature story. Yeah, it
2: lets you put some some meat on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I think that would do really, really well with it. Plus, like I said, like having a smaller cast that's new gives us freedom. We don't have to tie it into the canon as much. You, know? you can just have Elizabeth Swan going on adventures. So that's my pitch for Elizabeth <laughs> Swan. What do you think, man? Is there anything I mean, specifically you would do? I know you're not a big comic book reader. No,
2: I, I've, I've tried. I have not succeeded getting into comic books fully. Um, I think, I think this has got to have a really good vision for the artist or an artist who comes in with their own vision. Um, and I think, I think that's honestly what sets everything up. Because if you're trying to do that that focus into a couple of characters and make it actually mean something, I think you need the imagery to be evocative of that.
0: Yeah, I think you find you find a late '80s artist. Um, something I don't like, know like, what that means. So like, let me give you some examples, so, like like Dark Knight Returns or The Watchmen. Um, well defined lines slim color palette with a few pops like yep. you know like a bright yellow or an orange or yep. it's like you have a theme yeah. you know, like a theme color palette yeah. because then people like you focus on the art but really, it, it lets you focus on the words on the page as well, yeah. so you can go back and forth. A lot yeah. of those stories, a lot of people read them twice. You, you go through, you look at the pictures, and you go back and read the bubbles. Yeah. And that was big for Watchmen for me, because that art is so simple, but amazing. Yeah. And it pops because of that yellow. I think you do, like, a yellow-orange color palette and really emphasize, like... The sun. Yeah. the thing is like with these stories, you know, really emphasize like the sun coming up over the horizon and then the lack thereof when they're mm-hmm. in storms, you can really play with that thematically. Yeah. And again, like that late 80s aesthetic just lends itself really well to like pirates.
2: I think yeah. you can also actually downplay the blues in yeah. that palette. Yeah. Because everything's blue. Yeah. Everything is ocean and Yeah, you make green green. Like, and you like sky. the sea foam
0: greens or something, or you just mute them and make them white or gray. Yeah.
2: And, and you just have... You have the the impactful color yeah. not be in the oh look at this pretty blue ocean that's going to be very similar on every page.
0: <laughs> I also think you do. I, I was just this is kind of a side thing. Back to like I forgot I had a twist that I really wanted. And it's not really a twist. Everyone knows, but like when she becomes pregnant, I think you you lean into that and have that be a storyline and have several of the challengers coming after her while she's pregnant and <laughs> she them underestimating her. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of like if you've ever. And she's read, allowed
2: to wear the custom designed. Freaking suit! I'm looking at you,
0: tennis. Yeah, like uh, um, Spider Woman. There was a really good run of Spider Woman after they rebooted for Marvel now, and it was Spider Woman was pregnant, and they didn't. It was like it wasn't like, oh my god, she's fighting crime when Spider-Man. You had some people saying that, and she was yeah. like, yeah, and I'm still better than <laughs> <laughs> you. You you tell that story because. Why can't we tell that fucking yeah. story? Like, my my wife, like when she had her two kids, I'm like, I was so glad I was there for that experience. She Cause was scary, yeah, super scary, <laughs> and like like not fragile, and even like she had some complications. But like being able to tell those stories, I wish I could read more of those stories because it's, don't. There's just so many people that just like look like me, and that's what the story's about. Yeah. And that's why I said Elizabeth Swan, Pirate Queen, because. She's a more interesting character than most of the people in that. You know,
2: there's all the other characters are so two dimensional. They're two
0: dimensional or just been done before. You yeah. know, you have Will William, Turner. He's, he's it's an just orphan. in lo-
2: He's an orphan who's in love with the,
0: the girl, girl who saved him. Yeah, he's Billy Joel. <laughs> he's he's Every in love with the uptown, uptown girl protagonist you know? ever. But then you have the uptown girl who's obsessed with pirates and is willing to give up her rich life to go and pursue that and move past. I'm in love with pirates into I am a pirate. I'm a,
2: uh, I'm a damn good pirate. And that's just <laughs> such
0: a cool journey that I don't think they really delved into until that third movie, and even then they kind of wrote it off as a side remark, yeah. you know? And that's why I think that would be a really good story. So that was our co-op one for that. Um, <laughs> and yeah.
2: now to the actual cartoons of this cartoon. Yeah, the actual cartoons episode. of this.
0: Yeah. Um, I had mentioned before that we normally do a versus if you're uninitiated we normally do a versus topic where I pitch my version of something and John. And then pitches I pitch his. a better version. No, well yeah, he pitches a version of it and we, we let everyone vote and see who's better. We sometimes do co-op episodes. We usually reserve these for our Patreon-exclusive episodes if you want to check those out. But this week, I thought it'd be fun if we worked together on most of these pitches. So we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, which I know you're 30 minutes in and going, we're just not getting into the meat and potatoes. That's right. This is a nine-course meal. That's a
2: long appetizer course.
0: <laughs> we got a salad. We got a soup.
2: And you get you know, uh, uh, you know know some mozzarella sticks on the side. We we found some appetizer that you just have to eat very... It was very hot when it came out. Hot. <laughs> So All right, so, what are
0: we working with? Scooby Doo, the hard-boiled noir.
2: Ooh, yes. All right. So we have to cut out most of the cast.
0: <laughs> I think that's part of the challenge. Like uh, uh, the original pitch, I don't know where this came from. So the original pitch was Scooby Doo in live action. I, I this person <laughs> had to be really young. I'm like, they've done that. <laughs> <laughs> Those were movies. Yeah, and it was it was it was off Twitter. I don't Didn't, remember it.
2: We had. We had a day where we just watched
0: those at your yeah, house. Watched, yeah, they're really good. <laughs> they're very, well, the first <laughs> one's really good. Yeah, the first they're real one's fun. fun. The second one is okay, but I, th- I think they're I think they're good films. They're silly, but like they do my favorite thing where they mess with the the canon a little bit, but they still pay like homage mm-hmm. to you know to the older stuff. Um, spoilers for Scooby Doo: the live action film Scrappy Doo is the bad guy, and he's, was that the first? That's the first, first one or the second one? That's the first one. And they show one flashback scene to when the gang is cool, because that's the, where they find them, is they're all separated. Where the gang is all cool, they're younger, they're in their 60s attire, and then Scrappy shows up, and everyone hates Scrappy, and he's not actually a puppy. He's got a glandular problem, and he's a douche. <laughs> and he, he pees on Daphne to mark oh, his territory, yeah. and they throw him out. Yeah. And as his revenge, he leads them all to the spooky <laughs> island. To, and reunites and them. And reunites them, but like uses them like, to suck up souls and finds real monsters to... like challenge them yep. and that inscribe video. i'm like that is genius that's a genius way to bring this property back yeah and i i want to do that but like i said the pitch is you know a noir so so do we, we go black and white go right? black and white i think you make it a period piece yeah i agree um, who is the detective hmm. i think it's velma velma i she's the only one who's smart enough to do it um, because the easy one to say it's Fred, but like Fred never really works out as being the brains.
2: No, he's he's the heart. Fred is the heart. Yeah, and as like much if- as Scooby and Shaggy are the heart, Fred is he, Fred. Fred is the glue.
0: Fred is come on, gang. You yeah. know, like let's make a plan. Also, like if you've read the reboot comic from DC Comics, Scooby Doo Apocalypse, really, really good story. It follows Velma, who was a. Uh, Mad scientist, basically, for the government. Sure. And they were working in a facility that was trying to harness like protoplasm and psychokinetic energy. That tracks. Right, right. And one of the side projects of the facility was testing on dogs, making them super intelligent. Where Scooby comes yep, to play, right? Yep, that's Scooby. That's yeah, scrappy. Shaggy. This, this like you know, oh, you've told Shaggy yeah. was uh,
2: Scooby's handler. He was
0: Scooby's handler, and he trained all yeah, the dogs. But this. like Scooby was the only nice one. Like the yeah. other ones wanted to like kill each other, yeah. except for his cousin who like protected him. Who was like the Bruiser, which is um, I forget his name from the show.
2: Oh, Scooby's cousin. Scooby's got something that, do. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. The the big the big old meatball. The doofus. Ball. Yeah,
0: exactly. He had like buck teeth, and he was like, "Gosh, Scooby!" You know <laughs> that guy. But like, he protected Scooby. So when the dogs all try to kill him, Shaggy helps him escape. And then the apocalypse happens. Meanwhile, Daphne and Fred are these investigative journalists, not unlike uh, Elena from. Uh, Uncharted, okay. actually. And they're like, we, we lost all of our funding for our show. I have like $2,000. I bought this camera. She, Fred was her cameraman and he's in love with her. So he's like, sure, I'll come for no money and help you record this thing to maybe get your career back. And then we, they found out about this facility. They break into the facility. Meanwhile... All the experiments with the protoplasm go crazy. The apocalypse happens. Right. They're the only ones to survive. So right. Velma leads the team, and they become Ghostbusters, essentially, in the apocalypse. So like the seriousness has already been done, but the reason why I brought it up is Velma was the natural leader. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the way to go. And they, they messed around with that with the live-action one, too. Where it's like, she clearly was the brains of the operation. Yeah. Fred took credit all yeah. the time. I don't think we have to lean so hard to make Fred an antagonist. Right. But making Velma the leader and the detective, I think, is obvious. Yes.
2: Yeah. I think. I think... You have everybody involved, but I think it's Velma's story, and all of the other team members are just side characters. That in in your new R story, they're the bartender she visits, and the the they're they're, they're the sources.
0: The problem with that is, I mean, like, they are that. The problem with that is, if you're telling a long enough story, if we don't make this movie, I, I think it would be a good TV show. Yeah, it's like Angel. Angel was about Angel, yep. the vampire who solves mysteries. Yes, quickly all the side characters, just, it just they just became an ensemble. Now yeah. they're all solving mysteries. Yeah, I think that's where you got to go. I think yeah. like, the bartender is Fred. He now is out on every mission with her after yeah. three episodes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I think I, th- I think that's how I think the I group. think
2: that's how that's how all those shows go. I don't I don't think you ever watched Grimm. I've seen it. I tried yeah, to get the you. Same two, thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, it starts
0: out with he's a detective, and the, I don't
2: I don't remember Silas Ware Mitchell's character's name, name off but. the top of my head, but he gets brought in, or From he gets acu- he gets accused for the first investigation, yeah, and then he's asked for the second investigation. It's every
0: police procedural,
2: and all of a sudden there's this friendship that starts budding. Yeah, and, let's bring
0: out Neil Caffrey out of prison to solve one mystery, yeah. and then now. Because we need a series, oh, um, we're now an FBI consultant. Yeah. and then there's that's
2: not how that's. Uh, he pitched the consultantship for the whole thing. Yeah, but that, I'm just saying that's every yes, single FBI yes. consultant show. Yeah. You know, that's don't Castle. don't step on white Collar. <laughs> it's close to my heart. I'm looking at you, Curtis.
0: But I think I think Velma is a CSI tech. I think this is the okay. idea. Is Velma is a CSI tech who doesn't get her just dues because she's a woman. And yep. they're like, listen, just go back and play with your little kit and grab the fingerprints. And she's like, you guys are solving this all wrong. <laughs> she solves the mystery. And they're like, oh, crap, we messed up. And she quickly becomes the Sherlock of that investigative place because they're like, she knows what she's doing. But she's like, but I quit. But they still need her help. Yeah. So she has this antagonistic relationship with the police department. With the actual department. Her. Okay. Yeah, so So I think she can run into some... We have some forces against her off the bat, which yeah. is a good noir yeah. story. Yeah. And I th- still think you make Daphne the dame who walks in and is like, listen, I have a mystery to solve. And you lean into it being a high society mystery because she's rich. I think they, Daphne's got to be more than just daphne no no she's more than daphne but like you start off with her being the dame that walks in i i I
2: absolutely think that's right i think she just has to contribute
0: more because otherwise she's just yeah and i think it quickly it becomes like she knows more than she's letting on she's intimately involved with that first mystery but then she shows that she's more capable as well not only does she have the resources does she she
2: bring them in because she can't get this one she can't figure out this mystery and then they find out she's solved she's secretly solved like 30 others I,
0: I think i think it's something that, you know you you lean a little bit into like oh daddy's company's embezzling but then you find out it's more of a political thing and she has her white her, her board with the yarn and she's been solving this crazy huge oh there's your like, plot the way for up to the top. there's your
2: plot for season one exactly is, it's all the way to the top great then, you guys solved this piece of the puzzle here's this whole other puzzle <laughs> yeah exactly
0: and i think you lean into other properties where like someone's hiding ghosts. Like there are ghosts that are popping up. They're not really ghosts. Like they don't think so. But there's something weird going on. Yeah. People are writing off a of supernatural. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like yeah. that's what they always find Like it's not supernatural. It's Mister Withers in yeah. a mask. And so while everyone's going, all these Ghostbusters are getting them, and the government is like saying, like we have a task force taking care of this. Yeah. We have ghosts. an elite
2: an, an elite task force taking care of all these supernatural phenomena. Yeah. And that's obviously getting covered up as actually supernatural.
0: Exactly, which is a good twist. Like normally, the the you know the guys in black are going, no, there's no supernatural stuff going on. Instead, they're using it to cover up. Oh man, all these we're are embezzling. And- <laughs> exactly, and we have Daphne who's like in on it, kind yeah. of, but but can see the threads behind. Them. Yeah, and so you have Velma's raw intelligence and acumen for solving actual crimes with Daphne's just prowess and, and her connections and her connections, and then Fred. I hate to just, like, make him the muscle because like, he brings more to that. But I think you said, like, he's the heart. He's the friendship. And also, I think he's the only guy who understands the streets at all. Yeah. I yeah. think, like, you know, like, I, I think he just, like, listen, like – I'm not rich. Like, I didn't work for the police department. Like, we shouldn't just go talk to this guy you know, in broad daylight. Yeah. We're going to get. We're not going to
2: just go talk to this mafioso, right?
0: And I think you make, sc- like, Scoob and Shaggy. I hate to, like, it's too tropey. I think we can find something more fun to do. But almost like Jessica Jones, um, Malcolm. Who's Malcolm? Malcolm was the guy who was addicted to heroin in her building. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. I think Shaggy's just the layabout who walks dogs in her building.
2: See, I was going a different way. I was thinking Shaggy and Scooby are a canine pair. What do like, you mean? Like a actual canine? Like they team. are cops? Yes, like they're actual cops. What if
0: he's the worst cop? He's see, on the canine division, but like, he he's a good cop, but he doesn't try at all, so they fire him. See, and I, he leaves
2: with her. I disagree. No. What if he is the only cop who? Is trying to be a cop, See, no, or do you think that's too played that's out? That's too
0: played out, where it's just like everyone else is is dirty because then that's partly also why Velma left. So you just you're that's true. The that's I think, true. I think you lean into the comedy of it of the Jerry Maguire moment of who's coming with me? Of Velma saying I'm quitting, I'm starting my own thing, and chaggy's like I will not come.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so there's there's your thread for them is that they both worked at the same unit. Yeah. They're both the same precinct.
0: And then you have Shaggy and Scooby actually having some ability. Yeah. Or like, Shaggy actually is a trained police officer. He's a good cop. He's just lazy as shit. Yeah, he just doesn't Doesn't care. care. Exactly, and I think that lets Shaggy be a little bit more interesting, still the layabout. Yeah. And also gives Scooby some, like, of the... Is that raw, like random he has a high luck stat yeah. or like <laughs> it's it's high chutzpah. Exactly, exactly. Or like so so you can have some sort of training where, like why can he just sniff this out? He's not yeah. a bloodhound, you know, but he's a trained canine. Yeah. 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 I think Why I think that's why where can it he is. sniff
2: out? Well, he spent like four years learning to just sniff this out.
0: So, <laughs> and then I think you can throw in some fun cameos, like the like the Scooby Doo cartoon. Yeah. like you have episodes where it's like there's a there's a mass vigilante out there, and it's like it's the Green Hornet or and something. It's Red know? Herring. <laughs> what was that one called? The the what, what do you with, mean? with Red Herring? Which Scooby Doo cartoon? Oh, that was, that was a pup named Scooby. doo pup named Scooby. I love the pup. That name was Scooby-Doo. such a good show. I watched that every every, <laughs> every day. day after school. <laughs> but I, I think I think you throw in some characters like that I think you throw in the Ghostbusters who show up you know okay. you have so this is in New York I think you you place it in New York that's where I was picturing it at least
2: I think, I think it starts upstate because that's Daphne's locale I think that's
0: where the mystery gravitates yeah and then I think the end of season one is them driving off in Velma's van okay where it's like, you know what, we're taking it on the road, and so it's, it's not the like, mystery
2: machine yet. It's a van. It's, it's a, a panel van. Yeah, it's a green the, panel van. But it's not the, 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 mystery slowly machine. Evolves yeah. into the mystery machine. Yeah,
0: and I think, I mean, honestly, you can open up season two with Shaggy painted. They're like, "What are you doing?" He's yeah. like, "I don't know, man. It looks cool. We I mean, need to branding." Yeah, and Fred's like, "Yeah, man, we are the mystery machine." You're like, yeah. "No, we're not the mystery. That's the mystery <laughs> machine." <laughs> like, well, what are we? We then, are man?
2: mystery machine. We're no, like, that's the mystery machine. Like Scoob,
0: like we're not the mystery machine. It's the mystery machine, man. You know, like that whole thing yeah also i just wanted to show off my my shaggy impression (laughs) (laughs) but i I think you i think that would actually be really funny too also you can kind of see like i think shaggy started out as like kind of an okay cop we see like he's the one cop that goes and then as it goes you're like aren't you a cop he's just like smoking yeah (laughs) like i mean like kind of like he was a cop why are you a cop how (laughs) you gotta tell me (laughs) you know that that's not true (laughs) and just slowly leans into like man
2: like are you sure he was a cop? <laughs> I I think I think you play with that, but and you you basically make him the like he's he's the cop that you wish was a cop in your neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, He's like clearly cool. He's he's enforcing the spirit of he's keeping everybody safe.
0: But that's it. I thought. Plus, I think it's really funny to make the one like basically pacifist character, the only one who has a license to carry a gun. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that that's like a really good way to go about it because they were actively, actively passive. They were in danger. They were in danger, but like they never fought anything. Right. You right. know, even like I think the one of the animated movies where they first run into like an actual like ghost, not the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo, but the. One where, like, there was, like, werecats and stuff, yeah. and they were on a zombie island. Even then, I don't think they remember them fighting them. Yeah, I but we ran. have to have a uh, season,
2: a mid-season break
0: of Shaggy pointing a gun a at gun somebody. At yeah, I think that, that's a big thing, too. And, hmm, I'm tempted to say he's actually undercover. Is that too much? Is that a hat on a hat? I don't I don't think we can have both of the I those I know, Shaggies. but it's just like when I see him like and then he pulls the gun I'm like that's one of those uh, that's always my favorite reveal. It's been played out. I don't want it. But I just love the idea of Shaggy like actually I am a cop. Like the the Paul Walker yeah. I am with the FBI. Yeah. You know that whole you know yeah. the the point break of Keanu pointing yeah. at, at Shweazy while he's yeah. wearing the mask and he fires his gun up and yells ah. Yeah. Anyway,
2: I <laughs> I think there's a different story you could write with that. but I'd...
0: Scooby is the undercoat.
2: Scooby's, <laughs> Scooby's still part of the police force. That's true. How does Shaggy, get, does Shaggy steal Scooby? He's got to just steal Scooby,
0: and no one cares, because the, the police force is terrible. Well, they would
2: think that Scooby was just a
0: bad canine dog right but he would have because i was thinking that earlier i was hoping you didn't ask that question because i was like i mean they can't just take the dog that's not how (laughs) it works like it's not his dog (laughs) because
2: otherwise you go with uh well they were gonna kick the dog out and the trainer was like no i'm not exactly yeah this dog is a good dog i'm leaving with the dog and
0: that could be part of why everyone didn't like him too is like you're not supposed to like become emotionally attached with the canine unit like you're is that true yeah yeah they're not your pet you don't give them treats you don't do that stuff they're trained you, you still love them, but like you, you don't sure, treat them yeah. the same way. But uh, that's
2: very different from a lot of social media that I've seen. That's interesting. Well, I, I, I that. could be wrong about that. Yeah. I'm not a cop. <laughs> Are you sure? I play one on me. television.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have to level with you. I am a police officer. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, uh, but from what I understand, like it is a different relationship. I'm not saying they don't love each other. Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't take yeah. care of them and you don't bond with it. Yeah. I just know that it is different than like how I play with my dog. Am I being too loud for you? Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> but just in general, from what I understand there, it's a different type of relationship. Um, but yeah, that, that's pup named Scooby-Doo. <laughs> um, I, now, that was, like I said, that's the meat and potatoes of the episode. Now we have a special section we like to call the rapid fire section. The medium fire section. It is never rapid, <laughs> nor is it on fire. <laughs>
2: well... Sometimes it's on fire. Sometimes
0: it's on. It's definitely a garbage truck on fire. I think
2: Ferris Bueller was a little bit on fire. No, that was
0: on point. Ferris Bueller is Beetlejuice and (laughs) Kim. That is, a real thing. that is the final antagonist that they fight in the Scooby-Doo Noir. Oh, we both know this. We're bringing it all together. Bring it, it's, it's like a circle. You okay. bring it around town. Exactly. Um, but this is the rapid fire section. This is where I take a bunch of the pitches that kind of fit the theme, but I go, I don't know if I could talk 45 <laughs> minutes on that. And I put it in one section to go, John, go. <laughs> so this was, let's bring back... The Disney afternoon cartoons. Okay. So I have a thousand of these. We're going to bring it down to maybe 10 or 12. Now, if you're not born before 1997 and after 1990, you're not going to know what the (laughs) hell we're talking (laughs) about. That's a seven-year window. (laughs) But we're going to have a special section towards the end where we do a second rapid fire because we're that amazing. That'll give you a little bit more of an insight into cartoons. So first up, uh, to give you a little bit of an idea of where this is going, recess. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> it just said recess. Bring oh. back recess. <laughs> I agree. Let's bring back recess. <laughs> so I had two ideas. Like you either do the the common trope, similar to like Scooby Doo, where it's like you make it a live action reboot. You do Riverdale, where it's you know it's Archie no. but live action. You know get that live no exactly the same no.
2: animation style. I think
0: you just bring it back. You do what the Powerpuff Girls reboot was, which is let's just bring back Powerpuff Girls. And throw in more contemporary jokes, make it a little bit faster pace because mm-hmm. if you watch any of those '90s cartoons, they're a little they're bit slower. Slow. Recess was definitely fast, but I think you had to pick up the pace a little bit, put it more on par with maybe SpongeBob or, or something like that. Yeah. You know, toss in a little bit. But the thing is, is Recess is still gold. Um, Recess is so good. I think you throw in a few more groups that are playing Fortnite and messing <laughs> yeah. with their iPhones. Yeah. But other than that, it's still pretty contemporary. And I think because the Recess is kickball still a thing in elementary schools. Yeah. But that's where I that's that's where I would deviate is you don't follow the same cast of characters. It's recess. You do the fast forward. Is like, it the
2: same school different it's the same different school cast?
0: different cast. Okay. Because Anyone our age is going to watch it just because it's called Recess. You have the same writers. You throw in cameos maybe. So how, so do, how do we do how do we do those cameos? Are they middle schoolers, high schoolers, I teachers? I think the problem with, with reboots, I have a whole other show that's going to be coming out. If you follow us on Patreon and back us, you can hear all of my thoughts called Right in the Fields where we talk about shows that left and come back through the zeitgeist <laughs> out of sheer force of will. But... That's not what we're doing here today. <laughs> this is a new pitch for recess. So you, you, those reboots and continuations lean too hard on the old cast. Mm-hmm. I think you bring in two characters, probably like two or three people who are willing to come back to voice act actor old characters. You make one a lunch lady, you make one a principal, you know, and you know, something like that. Or you make So Mikey's the principal, is what you're telling me. Maybe. I think he'd be more better off a teacher. Okay. I is think, Mikey the art teacher? Yes. Yeah, so like, who, the, the, who was the big kid?
2: Which big... That, the, sung,
0: sing like the opera. Yeah, that's Mikey. That's Mikey? Oh. Yeah. I think Mikey definitely is like the art teacher. Yeah. Or the band teacher. Yeah, like that. I don't remember her name off the top of my head. Could but. be the orchestra leader. Because that was his hidden talent, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like he, he, was, he was very... So maybe he was the choir teacher. singer. Yeah. I think um, Spinelli. The one that was secretly in I, Ashley. I know Spinelli. I think she's the principal. Because, because
2: Spinelli's the... How did... Hold on. How did Spinelli... Go from being Spinelli to being principal. Because that was
0: the thing. She was always secretly, like, the heart of the group. You know what I mean? She was always like, no, we, like, she was always, like, mean. We're like, but we need to go, like, help them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, if you say it's TJ, it's like, oh, it's just the trope. No, it's it's not TJ. It's certainly not TJ. And and that's what I mean. And, like, but then you throw in those still cameos. You know, uh, who was the really tall, nerdy chick? oh I don't remember her name you know you have her show up like in, with a jet pack and she's like yeah I run NASA because you know, it's a cartoon yeah. and they were always silly like that you yeah. can have her show up because she's friends with she Spinelli. comes in
2: for science day yeah
0: and you like throw in TJ like what does TJ do like oh like he's like a like a like a whitewater rafting guide or something. Yeah, you know? you
2: can, <laughs> TJ is off doing something in the Amazon. Exactly, and
0: you make it where like you don't even know it's a cameo unless you saw the show. Where it's like, yeah, when it's a career day, and she has friends that show yeah. up. It doesn't even happen because yeah. they did a lot of that. Where like, if Recess was a sequel series, they are like, oh, the friend of the principal that shows up on one episode, yeah. or the rich guy who's like, oh, that was my one hundred dollar bill. Yeah. Do you want to ride on my jetpack? Yeah, you know, those seem like cameos yeah. of a different show that we never saw. Yeah. And so you do it along those lines, yeah. and instead you make new characters. I'm gonna I'm gonna
2: bring it up again. I think this is very much like the. Uh the Harley in Boy Meets World. It's where kind of, yeah, it's kind of. Like it that. is obviously a cameo, but it doesn't matter yeah, it that doesn't, it's a cameo.
0: And Boy Meets World and Girl Meets World is a bad example because they lean way too hard into those cameos. Oh, and for sure. The normal sure. show wasn't sure. as good. Yeah. But that's where I see it with Recess. Well, so that's the that's as far as we go with cameos. Yeah. And then you just develop new characters. Yeah. Because you still have groups like the Mean Girls. So yep. You have the Ashleys still, yep. but it's a whole different group of Ashleys. Yeah. And you you can make jokes it's, about like their parents being the. Ashleys and that's before. a joke that's
2: in. Mean Girls yeah, is exactly every year the plastics stop being the plastics, but then the new, new plastics. plastics come come in
0: exactly. And then you have you know you have the nerds who are kind of like the cool guys. They're like the Silicon Valley next levels. Okay. you know like they're 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 going to be the next round of Steve Jobs and stuff like that. Okay, so they're like they're kind of so worship- this is
2: pretty contemporary. No, this we make is, it completely pre- yeah. contemporary. Yeah, this is like, you have the an elementary school. And, in- and
0: you know the kindergartners who used to be like the the tribal. Yeah, like, I know the kindergarten. Now they're at Fortnite. They're the Fortnite group. <laughs> They're the Fortnite group. So kids. instead of like raiding them and like taking you hostage, no, but, they, they force you to watch their dances. Fortnite isn't
2: just kindergarten. No, I opinion,
0: they would lean into it that way, though, where you have okay. that group. And so, they... so
2: it's no longer a year tribal
0: thing. It's a what-they-do tribal That's, yeah, thing. Yeah, but they take it to a different level. Like, my nephew's 14. He plays Fortnite with all of his friends. He's not doing the dances in the middle of class. Right. Kindergartener would be doing that. That's true. You know what I mean? You you lean into stuff like that. Relate like there. You you lean into that contemporaneous. or maybe they like in the so they play Fortnite and the older kids play Minecraft or something. You know, or vice versa. Yeah. You have those different delineations. Oh, the builders that,
2: like, just play Minecraft.
0: Oh, yes, <laughs> they're laying out their plans in Minecraft. They're like, okay, but hold on, if we build it there, I'm like, yes, and they're just chasing it like better <laughs> and like they're turning like you have. They have several different molds that it, just take whatever and make it into a block. Yeah, but it's
2: it's those it's like instead of being like, oh, the builders are building. Good stuff. It's like, no, no, they're planning, like, architectural masterpieces. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think you can lean into that, and you can have one or two episodes where the teacher's trying to do the special episode where it's like, we need to get these kids out and not looking at screens, and then you learn, learn like, no, they do both. Like, they're yeah. doing all that stuff, and maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Maybe yeah. I need to use my screens
2: more. That's that's a growth thing, is showing that, like, no, 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 just because they're doing something different doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. right? I'm, like, and you... you turn that back on the teachers and say, no, no, no,
0: maybe they're right. Right. And I think elementary schools are really good about grasping stuff like that. Like, they, they like I think they're better than a lot of high schools to, to, to kind of contemporize their um, lesson plans and whatnot, yeah. you know. Because when you go to so many high schools, it's like they don't know how to – not only reach the youth, but also like how to the youth, yeah. How to go? Oh, maybe we're doing it wrong. High oh, schools God, no. are they'll never. Their ways, man. I
2: mean, they'll never admit they were wrong because the kids are just old enough to, to capitalize on, on it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs>
0: Whereas, like, you go to college. Like, I remember it blowing my mind when I first went to college. I knew there was classes like that study comic books, but I remember my first semester was like I took comic books as like an art history class, and then I took uh, what was it? it was something? It was journalism and writing in the real world. And one of the things we studied was Spec Ops: The Line. Which is an amazing video game <laughs> about about wars and the Gulf. And I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah, you my, would not study this in high school.
2: My first philosophy teacher was uh, an old Jewish man who swore at like 30% of the class for not having brought their books in the first day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there's something like, I mean, I also had cool teachers in high school, but they were few and far between. Like, I love my high They're school. They're memorable. Teachers. They're memorable, but they, they weren't. Very contemporary.
2: And the thing is, how many high school teachers do you know and remember fondly? Like four. How many high school teachers did you
0: actually have? This is a bad example. My school had 20 people. (laughs) That's true. You had four teachers. I remember every one of them, and I still get a Christmas card. (laughs) I remember
2: remember most of my high school teachers because I'm insane, but I remember fondly probably four to six. And I would have had... There was like six teachers in my high school. (laughs) Yeah, I, I had like... Forty
0: exactly. Yeah, you went to you went to yeah. a semi big high school, and that was right? people
2: who directly taught me. Right, was it would have been seven to ten every year for four years. So, remember how I
0: said this was going to be rapid fire?
2: Slow <laughs>
0: fire. So let's move on from recess and you know stop digressing about you know waxing philosophical about when we were children. Let's jump to the next. Please one. Please bring bring back recess. Anybody who has the IP, <laughs> gargoyles. Gargoyles. Do you remember Gargoyles? I remember Gargoyles. So Gargoyles was one of those amazing shows that that showed 90s Terry that cool stories could be serialized. Yep. Cuz you know like the best show I had seen up until then with Law & Order, I'm like, this is awesome. Shouldn't have been watching it at that age. <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. I wish they told the same story throughout. Yeah. Whereas you, you jump to some of those cartoons, and, you know, Spider-Man continue the story next week. Yeah. Gargoyles continue the story, not only week to week, but season in to season. In yeah. perpetuity. In perpetuity until it ended. And they had twists. Yeah, Gargoyles was good. You know, the Xanatos twist, uh, like that, blew my mind yeah. you know the, their their generous benefactor that was keeping them alive all these years and protecting their building i'm like oh that's so cool and he's a bad guy i didn't know anything about the mythology of like the name like now having read a book i'm like it's very obvious <laughs> <laughs> that he's <the> bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> but i did not know that before yeah. so the, the twist that he was actually the main antagonist of the entire series like Phew. So, <laughs> I think... Spoilers. Could... Oh, yeah. I'm, okay. <laughs> For Gargoyles this from 30 old series, <laughs> Yeah, go watch Gargoyles, I guess. Sorry. I mean, no, do go watch Gargoyles. Do go watch Gargoyles. gargoyles. It was but very good. Know that the end of the first season is Xanathos is the bad guy. Um, But, with that being said, I think you could easily contemporize that. It doesn't have to be like an HBO show. Mm-hmm. You know, you could bring it back as a cartoon. I think it would be a really good movie series. Like, give it the... I was going to say Transformers treatment, but... <laughs> not our transformers <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah the the obviously not that i think when you think uh live action adaptations, the 90s do you TMNT, need live action i think i think you do i think you lean into the hellboy aesthetic where okay. like a lot of practical effects yeah I, I think if you go that hellboy route i think you're okay yeah i be- just
2: i just don't want like other than the flight the costumes aren't that difficult no no they're just Painted and muscular. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, maybe the small one. I can't remember his name. Like, that might be difficult to make because he was like diminutive. Yeah. But other than that... Good word. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my word of the day. <laughs> <laughs> my word
2: of the day is inoculation.
0: <laughs> like do it. <laughs> that came up earlier today at work. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good article. Is like, get your flu shot. It's not for you, dummy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... um. I think gargoyles would be a really, really good aesthetic. You you have some really interesting characters. You have the p- potential to sell new toys because new yep. gargoyles came and went. You know, them discovering each other. Not everyone was unfrozen at the same time. You also have better toys to make. Yes, yeah, exactly. Better technology to make better toys. And you have a, a wide cast when you think of like a movie but you start small with like Goliath and his core group and then expand mm-hmm. past everybody and since the bad guy is the main character the whole time you can really develop him and mm-hmm. one of the main reasons why it was so heartbreaking that he was the bad guy is he had an amazing relationship with Goliath Yeah, and they, they were friends it was very much the Magneto and, and Xavier yeah. element there and I think that, that would really sell well nowadays and I think a live action would do well because you could do those effects pretty well you don't have do it as a cartoon and i don't think it would get the right sell as a cartoon uh i agree yeah i think thundercats is a really good example because like they rebooted that cartoon a few years ago it was more anime style but it was pretty good no one watched it yeah people just aren't watching cartoon network unless you're like young justice yeah and then that got canceled and put on netflix or their streaming service that's
2: you could put it direct you could do a cartoon advertised towards people our age yeah
0: yeah. Or I guess in that element, you could do like, I said not HBO, but you could do like the Netflix, HBO style show, but I think it would be too high budget. I think yeah. you would end up with bad effects yeah. when they did need to fly. I agree. Because it won't have the budget of of HBO's like game of Thrones. Where right. like, that has some bad effects, but when the dragons fly, it looks cool. Yeah. Cause that's where all the budget yeah, went. that was the whole budget. You know, there are some scenes with the white walkers. You're like, Oh, that looks rough. Yeah. <laughs> or that giant CG chain that should have broke the ice. Why did they use that? I mean, <laughs> no sense you know but, but the gargoyles you don't want to watch them just stand still right and that's what that's it would like become a gargoyle thing. It, yeah they're not standing still they're gargoyles they're <laughs> they're obviously in the thinker pose yeah. but i think if you make it a movie you have one or, you can make it a smaller film and only use the budget for two or three effects mm-hmm. but you can use that really well I think though probably what would happen if they actually made a movie is you would end up with one CG fight at the end that would be terrible Venom yeah. style. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe Netflix then. Then Netflix is the dream for all of it. Netflix is you make just a ten episode a series. Very
2: yeah, because you don't have to stretch anything out. You can make exactly the story that you're trying to make. Right. And you don't have to worry about fitting in your commercial breaks and everything.
0: Right. But it's just like the problem is with that, and then you don't get the Hellboy level, you know, cosmetics. And yeah. Then Goliath looks stupid, and they yeah. hide his wings behind a trench coat like he was on yeah. NBC. Yeah, And you, I just don't want that. That doesn't do that series yeah. justice. Half the fun is the fact that they are, you know, they are gargoyles in New York. Yeah. And then when they jump to, don't they jump to the future and like, I don't They, get, they get frozen for another 3,000 years.
2: That sounds It's something right. like
0: that. I rem- it's been a long time. But again, I think that's right for, for a series. And if you do it right, you could do a season, a movie. I don't think there's enough growth because it being a cartoon, they couldn't do growth in every episode. I don't know if you do a
2: season-to-movie. I, I think you might have to condense multiple season-long plots into a single movie and have multiple threads moving.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean like you talk every single piece of it, but you you don't do the entire, okay, uh, you do a back-in-the-time movie, and then they jump to contemporary, and no. they jump to the future in one film. Yeah, yeah no. Um. Next up, we have PB&J Otter. <laughs> oh, PB&J Otter. Oof. Anyone remember PB and J Otter? I, I remember PB do. and J Otter. I remember watching
2: PB and J Otter at my grandma's house when I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only time I ever watched PB and J Otter.
0: Um, if you don't remember PB and J Otter, it is a semi-adventure, informative, pseudo-educational. Yeah, it wasn't really educational, but it was definitely the Doug level of we have a moral. Yeah, you know,
2: yeah, yeah. it was. It wasn't educational, but it did help you learn things. Yeah. And it was
0: about sibling otters. Infotainment. Peanut butter, jelly. And jelly otter, yeah. And what was their little sister's name? Oh, I don't remember. They had another, there was another, there was a baby otter. There was a was third otter. There was a yeah. third otter. But they were in a town with like some poodles and you know, several other animal friends. But I think you reboot it in the same way that like Magic School Bus did. Yeah. You you just reboot it. Yeah. You reboot it. You just up make the, more the episodes. It doesn't yeah. matter. Exactly. The the problem being is like that's not a very good pitch. So how would we make <laughs> it contemporary? I think you go the Ducktales route. Okay. And you add partly because I love those shows, but a myth arc, uh, you know, background to it where you add a little bit of a mystery. Um. You don't make them solving mysteries. It's just them going having their adventures. But I think you explore the weirdness of their town. Because, like, you have some really weird elements. Like, those poodles were, like, really, really rich for some reason. And they always had robots. Like, so,
2: life is like a hurricane here in Augurburg.
0: <laughs> exactly. But I think you could do some stuff with that. You you age it up a little bit. Make it more for, like, 12, 13-year-olds. And you tell some really fun, like, sibling stories. Again, Donald Duck, you're the, the DuckTales-esque. Yeah. But you tell a different type of yeah. adventure story. Yeah. Um, have you seen Hilda on Netflix? No, I haven't. Really, really good. It's about a girl who lives up in the mountains with all these mythical creatures and they're forced to move to the big city. And it's her kind of like she still does like crazy adventures and that world still has like monsters and stuff, but it's really her getting to know like the, the city rather than the countryside. Yeah. That's really what it's about. But like you can do that same story with PB and J. Otter, and I think you lead into their small town being expanded, like, you know, industrialization. So why
2: why do that? Why not just have them have to move?
0: because if you have it in the movie then you're getting too far away from PB&J Otter because like so much of that show is with them hanging out in that town and I think if you have that poodle family kind of industrializing you can have some sort of elements of like the otters you know these wetland creatures losing their home you mess around with that almost Goonies like yeah you know, but making it necessary because that's the thing they never talk about in Goonies. Like, if they never brought that other element to that town, yeah, all the poor people get to stay living down there, which is good because they don't lose their home. But also, like, no new jobs are coming to this little New England town. Yeah. And it's going to be bust in ten yeah. years. <laughs> and everyone's going to have to. Move. They could have built the big plant somewhere else, or yeah. shopping mall, or whatever. But whatever you know what it I mean? is, yeah, yeah. you got to think about jobs. Is yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> in this political climate, listen, John, with oh, otters yeah. losing their homes every day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next up is Roly-Poly-Oly. Roly-Poly-Oly. Do you remember Roly-Poly-Oly? I, again, remember watching it at
2: my grandma's house when I was sick.
0: Roly-Poly-Oly was one of the first 3D animated yep. shows that I remember on Disney. It was
2: like a weird 2D, 3D hybrid. Was it? I thought it was just it, 3D. I think it was intended to be 3D, but it looked like looked rough. some of the stuff was just rough enough to look 2D.
0: Right. I, it was just one of the like the earlier 3D animations I remember seeing on yeah. Disney it was right around the time like, Transformers went 3D with like Beast Wars mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it was rough. It was rough looking. But it was they, about... They
2: got lucky and just did a bunch of like simple shapes.
0: Yeah. It, it was similar to that Disney movie that no one saw called Robots starring uh, Robin Williams. What
2: do you mean nobody saw?
0: Nobody saw Robots. When I say and Robots... Fanny! No one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> but if you have seen Robots, Rolly it was kind of like that. Yeah, kind of. And, like, and the, the sun was like a tinkerer. Yeah, and, He's a robot. They all should have been tinkerers, but I think what we do with that. So he was
2: a doctor yeah. is what you're saying. Exactly.
0: I think with that, you don't bring back the 3D animation. I think you just put it 2D. You put it, you put it 2D. You age it down. Okay. I think you make it more of an educational show. Okay. And you have them building something in every episode. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Lean into the Minecraft aesthetic. Like that was one of the cool things. My, my daughter's two. She's two years old. She's very adamant when she tells you that. Oh yeah. She is two. <laughs> But one of her friends is three and she's taking a course on how to program. And like she's she can do it. It's a really, really neat thing. But like lean into that yeah. aesthetic of it, because you don't see a lot of those shows. You still get educational shows if you watch PBS. There's not Saturday morning cartoons on anything. Is Cyber on. Chase still on? Yeah I don't think so. I think they still show reruns, but that was that was educational, but that never actually explained how the internet worked. No.
2: <laughs> no, but it did it did try
0: and teach you things. Exactly. But I think you lean in that aesthetic of like this is why this bridge stays up, kids. Yeah. Like this yeah. is you know, this is the support. <laughs> this is structural integrity. And this is this is logic one oh one. the monkey can't open the banana because if you know, A no, then B Exactly. If B, then C. And you, you filter if that. If A, then <laughs> C. Exactly. And you filter that through roly poly Oly and like this educational. You still have all these quirky characters that teach them different things. Like yeah. when grandpa's around, grandpa teaches them how to build stuff. Yeah. Stuff like that. I think that would go really, really well. And like, like I said, age it down because it was a weird show. It was like not educational, but it wasn't. Like quirky. It yeah. wasn't witty. Yeah. So like it was a weird aesthetic. Yeah, but, it was it was in a weird niche. But you transport that to a younger audience who digs Minecraft and stuff like that and you could really Really, I mean, like, you, you basically get a family that
2: acts as a bunch of different subject teachers.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's what you yeah, do Yeah, you that. have
2: this person represents a lesson like
0: this. And it looks all weird and crazy. Like, my daughter loves bubble guppies. Yep. And bubble guppies is always so frustrating to me because, like, it's educational. Like, they learn stuff in every episode. But also when they show it, I was like, that's a rhinoceros. I'm like, no, bitch, that's not a rhinoceros. It has fins. <laughs> <laughs> it has, it yep. has, has a tail like that's for underwater, and an aquatic tail, but it has two front legs like and no gills. Has. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like it's a little frustrating for me, but you lean into that same type of idea where it's like these are robots in a robot town, in a robot world, but they're teaching you things that normal people have to yeah. do. Yeah. Like this is why the postman has to wear this uniform. Yeah. This is what a uniform <laughs> means. <laughs> but I think you go into the educational and you lean into better education. And more interesting stuff that a kid would care about. Like this yeah. is you teach them the logic, so then when like when you do the if-then problems, also a thing that they never do in those serialized shows, they jump too much around. I think you have each element build from episode to episode. I, I
2: agree. I think you. I think you make. I don't think you do it directly episode to episode. No, like, but I think you slowly build from this type of problem to that type of problem. Partially just because parents get to at least see some sort of growth. <laughs> this is, this is speaking as somebody who's watched all of Bubble Bubblegubbies <laughs> several times. <laughs> and
0: if they don't, do, uh,
2: you can never tell where you are no. until until they change actors and actresses right in the middle.
0: And only you recognize it's a different voice because my daughter's two and she's yep. like, she doesn't care. <laughs> nope. That's Gil. Yep. I'm like, no, it doesn't sound that's, like Gil though, that's honey. It's not Gil. She's like, Daddy, do you not that's remember Gil. what
2: Gil listened, sounded like last episode?
0: It's fine though, because in like five years, she'll be doing the exact same thing. I'm like, that's not Spider-Man. That's a different <laughs> voice. <laughs> no, no, no.
2: But th- this is this is a different Spider-Man. <laughs> that's what you have to understand.
0: <laughs> There's multiple Spider-Men. <laughs> it's spider men honey. Um So then I, the same block of cartoons, if I remember correctly, out of the box. Ooh, out of out of the box was Mostly live action. Yeah, no, it was 100. Was live it 100? Action. And it was about it was they had a, a box fort and they went in they used their imagination and built things with boxes. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. That's all it was. That was out of the box. But I think I you tie I, it out of the box instead of out of the box being exactly out of the instead box. of out of the box being its own show. I think for this programming block of shows, you think it's part it's of the framing device. Okay, it's the what? What was the big smiley face on Nick Jr. Ooh. Oh, he was like, I'm the wall kids. Or yeah. Whatever. I don't remember. Face. But yes. was, his name was face, I believe. But yeah, it's like that out of the box of the framing device. So in between commercial breaks, like here's like, we're making this with boxes. Yeah. And if you look through this hole, roly poly yeah. is on next. Yeah. So that whole thing. So out, the of, out, of, out of
2: the box is the commercial tie in that pulls your kids from your 9am show all the way through to your 3 p.m. show. Exactly.
0: Do you remember the framing device that Disney had for its afternoon block of program with the little robots that jumped up in between commercials?
2: I don't. No, I don't. I do remember. They
0: changed just like the tsunami. Um, I forget his name, but
2: I do remember a couple of the
0: shorts. Like uh, this was a lot later. Mike Super Short. Oh, is it Mike's Mike Super Mike's Short show. Super short yeah. Show. And his sister, who yep. went on to be very famous. Who, they weren't was actually sister, brother and sister. But Allison, just,
2: Stoner? Was it a sister Allison Stoner was his sister. Allison. I don't remember her name. I just, just superimposed. I superimposed Allison Stoner in, over a lot of things. I don't know what that means. She was Max in, uh, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. It wasn't I, her. I did not. She watch. was the 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 younger daughter in um.
0: What's it called? Yes, Allison Stoner was Mike's sister. Boom. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, she's in a lot of stuff. She's dope on YouTube. She dances. Okay. I'm dope on YouTube. I dance. You are not a good dancer. So? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> then we have Bear in the Big Blue
2: House. I was going to say, I always superimpose Bear in the Big Blue House onto
0: Out of the Box. I don't know if we bring that back the same way, because it is just puppets. Puppets don't sell very well. I love it. I think you just use that as another part of the Out of the Box frame. I agree. I, I
2: I think it's a piece. I think it's a short that mm-hmm. gets played in between. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we're creating another universe of <laughs> children's cartoons. And this
0: is the part where I promised I'd bring it back to something people know about. Mickey Mouse on the big screen. Ooh. Now, this is easily bonus content because I could go. I could, we could make this, this is movie. an infinitely deep ocean. This came because I tweeted out. I was like, listen, Disney pitches, go. And I don't know this, but I think it was a friend, uh, friend of a friend from college was like, how come we never got a Mickey Mouse movie? And I was like, sure, we have a Mickey Mouse movie. They're like, no. I mean, we had Goofy. You yeah, had Steamboat Willie. Yeah. But Steamboat that was before yeah. Mickey was Mickey.
2: There's never been a big no, screen Mickey Mouse film. And the reason there's never been a big screen Mickey Mouse film is because Mickey is so Mascite sacred. sacred. You, can't, you can't do anything you with can't Mickey. You can't give them any sort of can, I adversity. I don't know if we're legally allowed to say... Mickey, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> but no, because he's after
0: us. so tied to the Disney brand and breaking public domain law yeah, that too <laughs> ruining it for everyone, yeah, this is why I can't publish a Superman comic because of Mickey Mouse. that's actually true, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but the it's it's such an interesting thing because it should happen. And yet it never will. Yeah. Because you can't. You can never do something that holds up to every standard of this is what Disney needs to be.
0: The problem you have with that, though, is the same issue that that a lot of places that had a mascot for so long who were afraid to use it have now, which is Mario is way easier to recognize. Way more people can... You show Mickey, they know Disney. They know Disney. Mm -hmm. They know Mickey Mouse. But they don't know anything about that character. No, they
2: don't know Mickey Mouse anymore. Exactly. He's... He's losing the character of Mickey Mouse. He's still a mascot for Disney. Yeah. You but still recognize the ears. And that's the thing is, it's no longer about Mickey Mouse being Mickey Mouse. It's exactly. about Mickey Mouse representing Disney.
0: But I think there's something there. I think you lean into that. You make it, not wouldn't say old audiences, but you do it like Wreck-It Ralph does, where you have a lot of that nostalgia of lots of things that the kids aren't necessarily going to recognize, but it's a fun adventure for the kids. Yeah. And I think you have Mickey Mouse, he's the king of his kingdom, Disney Kingdom and he's like you know what I can't do this anymore and he goes on a journey of self-discovery and through that you have all the Easter eggs of anyone who actually does know Mickey Mouse in the corner you have his his artillery room where Donald and Goofy are like oh, we're gonna go get him back and you see all their Kingdom Hearts gear <laughs> they don't wear it but like it's like oh they did that adventure yeah. and then you like Goofy like he's got his son skateboard you know you, you show all the stuff that we remember as kids but then you send Mickey on some journey of self-discovery and trademark law also so, yeah, <laughs> so you can have some like steel, man, and, you know, Spielberg man you're real better. Spielberg reference it like you have that scene in roger rabbit where it's like it's mickey and it's bugs bunny and roger rabbit's like oh man hey guys you know like that whole thing you make some of those jokes and you have spielberg direct yeah because he's the only person who can ever get properties together i
2: i may be misquoting this but i believe part of what allowed um roger rabbit to be filmed was an agreement that bugs and mickey had to have
0: exactly
2: the Same, same amount lines. of screen time, the oh. exact same amount of screen time, and the exact
0: same number of lines. Yeah, that that, that was that was why that scene could be filmed. Yeah, but Spielberg is was an expert. The only people they would sit down with was Spielberg. He yeah. did all the negotiating for that, like in person. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like so you get Spielberg in there, and also like that would let Disney, who has a great relationship with Amblin and Spielberg, and the reverence of it, and it lets him be less less re- like self referential, which is why. Um, uh, what was the new movie he just did? The VR. It's based oh, on Ready book. Player One. Ready Player One. That movie kind of sucked because he was afraid to reference his own stuff. He doesn't have to with Mickey Mouse. Yeah. He can dive into somebody else's pantheon. Whereas in like Ready Player One, he took out all the Spielberg references. Because yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, nah, it feels too weird. I'm like, that's why Ready Player One was good. <laughs> Although he did throw an Iron Giant, which is neat. But again, the movie had a lot of problems. <laughs> Let me down, Spielberg. But I think you give him Mickey Mouse, the Disney pantheon, and you have like Mickey realizing he has all these weird parts of the Disney kingdom that he didn't know he was ruling over. So you have him go to Paramount, you know, like like oh, th- we own these weird movies, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And then you have like the other like weird Disney movies that people don't talk about that are like Disney movies that they try to like distance, them from, like Black Cauldron yeah you know you know race to witch mountain yeah stuff like that where like disney's like yeah we own it but like not really like shh. yeah you, know, you have a deadpool cameo yeah you have mickey go through this really weird journey of self-discovery through the stuff that maybe everyone doesn't know disney owns you know when you get into some weird properties, some of their weird video game stuff they own some of their flops you have them jump into movies that that weren't good that they own, like John uh, Carter, <laughs> on T- Mars John Carter- or whatever. Yeah, you got Tooth Fairy. With, oh with yeah. The Rock, and then the second one with to- Bill- hold on,
2: Tooth Fairy, was that the one where he was a football player? Yeah,
0: yeah. And then you, the second one was Larry the Cable Guy, and Disney owns that. You know what I mean? Like you can you can show some of those films. I watched the one with the Rock in it. Yeah, I didn't say it was unabashedly. Ba- yeah, I wasn't saying it was awful. I'm just saying like, it was a flop. But like, people aren't like, man, I love that. Tooth it was also Barry made film. for TV. <laughs> was it? No, so. no, was that, it not? No that, no, that was that went to theaters. Oh. Yeah. I only saw it on TV, <laughs> so Fair I assumed, there, I assumed there, there it was, was a made-for-TV made, movie. No, there was a made-for-TV movie starring Kirstie Alley, where she becomes a tooth fairy of going to hell. I also watched that. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> awesome. That's a good Disney Channel original right there.
2: Guess where I watched that? It's a di- nope, it's a Disney Channel movie. Where did I watch it? I don't know. At my grandma's house when I was sick. <laughs> yeah, that's like everybody. That's where everybody watched Disney Channel original movies. It seemed like Price is Right. Like no yep. way. Like oh no man. Way we
0: watched Price is Right when it was on primetime. It was when you stayed home from school. <laughs> I'd get I'd get
2: scrambled eggs in the morning. We'd watch Price is Right. It was a good day. Were you not home alone? No, no. I my this was like still in like when I was in single digits. Yeah. See? <laughs> no. Tells a lot my about my parents. My parents loved me. <laughs> my, my
0: parents love me they just had to have jobs John alright rude <laughs> <laughs> who needs jobs <laughs> but I I, th- I think again like you do that that high budget and you build it as like Mickey's first you know big screen outing like he's never had his own film and I, I think by allowing something like that have it go through that adventure you can lean into okay we're bringing our mascot back to the fold and because they have full control over it you put in someone's really really sacred hands you know Spielberg is not going to tell a bad Mickey story yeah so therefore you allows Disney to actually give into maybe a good story because that was the problem like when you saw like Epic Mickey, Epic Mickey originally was this really cool hack and slash game and they were telling this story of a forgotten property, which is Mickey's brother, which was this bunny character they had before Mickey. and then they were like, no nah, you can't you can't make it that dark like no no just just have it be fun and they paint stuff together and you're like oh epic mickey sucks yeah <laughs> 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 so like if you start with a good story first and then you know like have like my ideal thing is spielberg has this idea and yeah. then he goes and he's like let me make this film now. yeah you know that's how you do it <sighs> oh man rapid fire <laughs> yeah it that was super rapid is all i'm saying well i'm uh I am just beat. Uh, we're gonna call that pitch for pitch. <laughs> if you want to no, follow no, us, no, that was pitch for pitch. We're gonna call it pitch for pitch. We already called it pitch for uh, pitch. Okay. If you liked <laughs> that, you can follow us over on Patreon.com. You can support us over there. You can give us a, a little bit of dough here, there, oh, some, some, yeah. patreoncom slash Professional Entropy. That's our parent company, Professional Entropy. Google it. You'll find us. Those are two words that not a lot of people use and definitely don't put together. (laughs) But patreon.com slash professional entropy. You can go over there. You can support us. That helps us start new shows. That helps us keep these, you know, podcasts open. It keeps the lights on and makes sure me and John don't have to stay in my basement forever. I have
2: never lived in
0: your basement. Well, I mean, not tiny, I almost lived in your basement. basement. You squat in my basement. I, <laughs> no one lives there. It's hard to live You, you know, can't
2: rent out my space, <laughs> Listen, Terry.
0: Subterranean living is only for teenage mutants. Charles, is all <laughs> I'm saying. Um... So you can support us over there, like us on iTunes, drop a review, that really helps, that goes a long way. Follow us on Twitter, Professional Entropy, Pitch for Pitch, we have both over there. If you want to send an email, if you want to contact us, if you want to put your ideas on the show and you don't want to pay for them, you can head over to page... Uh, not patreon you can head over to professional entropy.com there's a little contact us form you click on there you can put how much you hate us how much you love us you can put your ideas for pitches in there that's the easiest best way to get a hold of me i check that every single day professional entropy no is yeah professional entropy at g- gmail.com is another great way to get a hold of us you can follow us on twitter instagram we have a tumblr i don't know how to use it but you can go over there i i think is it still a thing it's still on tumblr still exists up. yeah Okay, so you can go over to Tumblr and tumble us. Tumblr us. That's not how that works. You can Tumblr... Toblerones, us, Toblerone us. <laughs> do send us Toblerones. <laughs> Where you know, if you're listening to us, that means you found us, and I just want to thank you for that. That means a lot. But like I said, go over, interact with us. We we will reply. We don't have a lot of fans, <laughs> so like it's not it's not a long line. Hey, if you put it's it on the in the double digits still, it is in the double digits. So like if you put on that contact form, you're going to get a reply from us, the famous the John. The thirty Terry.
2: phones that I bought were very expensive.
0: <laughs> About buying <laughs> phones. What? <laughs> oh. But if you want to follow me specifically on Twitter, I am at Resident R e z i d e n t s t e e v i l. That is Resident Stevel. I am Terry Smith and John Oprah can be found at what? At Mister Oprah without the H. Mister no Oprah H. H's are evil. And spell out Mister. It's not M i s t e r. Like Mister Mime. No, that's M-R. Listen, you don't know. Are you a Pokemon? I, I am a Pokemon. Are you going to be the best that there ever was? No. Exactly. And for that, let uh, has been Pitch for Pitch. We're out.